Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. News team, assemble! And bigger than ever, it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew, Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All right, welcome back. It is the unofficial 40 podcast as the bye week has passed us, thank God. And we finally got some football other than Texas to talk about. Not that... Uh, we're crapping on the Texas win. It's just my God. It's been uh, it's been a while now. It's been several weeks. It seems uh, since OU last played a football game, and I'm tired of breaking down the overtime period. Even though it was a nice win, even though uh, Spencer Rattler uh, played his ass off in overtime, it's it's been a week of talk or two weeks of talk now. Uh, I think Lincoln Riley with our Zoom call with him yesterday, uh, guys. He just kind of. It was going over the same thing. We hope the offense gets better. We we feel like we made some progress coming out of that game. Don't forget about the good vibes, though. The good vibes are there, but I want to see it Saturday. I want to see it at TCU. Bob Prisbillo will be representing the site uh, in Fort Worth. Hopefully Eddie and doesn't I have another scene like you did last week. Um, okay, uh, Eddie and I will be. <laughs> I'm just saying because he's not here yet. <laughs> Uh, we'll be here uh, with your post-game pod and all the good stuff, uh, just tracking things down. So in the year of COVID, this is what we do. So welcome in Josh McQuiston to the program. Josh, how are we doing today? I'm good, guys. I mean, are we going to talk about OU against NA? I mean, is that we want to break down that one a little bit, or what are we doing? Bye. It's against bye. The, against the bye? Yeah. Well, I mean, that sounds culturally insensitive, so I, I'm, a little, I'm a little uncomfortable. Well, we we did. Uh, I thought we might lead off with uh, the good news for David Boren. <laughs> okay, you want to? He and Trip Hall, you want to go in on that? No, I have no comment. Uh, good, because um, he can probably still shut us down. Uh, anyway, try it. We did have almost a near catastrophe yesterday, but Sugars did not shut. Oh, thank down. God. That was it a, was a hoax. That was a hit and miss afternoon. Talk about just the emotions. I mean, I, I haven't said this in a while, but I mean, I did beat COVID and the emotions of beating COVID don't even compare to the emotions of finding out that sugar's <laughs> possibly closed. You beat it once. It, it could come back. Oh, I'd beat it again. I, I'm not, I'm not going to go full OBJ right now, but uh, I think we have a mutual respect for each other. You're, are you growing a bedlam stash right now? What's going on with you? Just, just living life, you know? <laughs> I don't really know what's going on. You've got handlebar mustache, Eddie. Trying to, at talking least. Talking to you here Trying today. Trying to. I don't think it's going too well, though. Uh, I am uh, I am preparing for big trash day coming this weekend. That's my, like, there's, I can't go cover the football game, so I'm domesticated. Like, that's the big news in my world this week. It's, that is, it's big trash day. on. Josh is going to love him some you, big trash day. That is unfortunate. Josh, you oh. got you to gotta love big trash day, right? No, this has been a tough reality in the rental house. The 
the big trash day, uh, there are they're more strict in the area in which I live now than they were in the old. Like literally, my neighborhood, I could put a washer out there on one day and a dryer on the next, and they were going to take it. Like it was fine. But this one, like if it's not wrapped just the way they want it or placed just where they want it, uh, they will leave that shit behind. So it, I but I, yes, big trash day is a big deal. It, it absolutely is. Josh is rich now. Is he just going to leave the site? Oh, good. Josh, Josh is absolutely not rich. Josh, I can was, just, I can't wait for that post uh, on the boards. Yeah, uh-huh. just Josh doesn't even need us anymore. He's probably not even going to work anymore. <laughs> He's just going to stay around and take our money. People, I had to have my knee drained yesterday so I could stay on my feet. What? To go watch more games yesterday. An I old had a cortisone shot yesterday. My no, God. are you going to be wearing a knee brace when you go out to games? Like the uh, no, over the no, pants I'm... knee brace? Oh, that's so bad. <laughs> that's so bad. Just go ahead and get those socks and Birkenstocks ready to go on. You already have a couple reporters that go limping around at high school games. Yeah, no kidding. I... Some locally. <laughs> I mean, you'd have to I go to a game say, first to do that. Should you need to wear pants over your brace i found the store that can do that and that's duluth trading that's where that's where fat people go to feel good about their clothes that that was a is this affecting your workouts is this what you're telling us uh you're fat now no hell no i'm not fat but i had to go get it we're doing family pictures so i was looking around at the mall and so i'm going trying to find a few shirts for myself and it was there was a duluth next to the other one so i was like i'll go in there see what they have uh i've never been in one and so i go in there and like in Duluth, I'm like a slim fit and all these. And I'm like, I've never been a slim fit in my whole life. Like I'm a big guy. That doesn't make any sense. And like anything like tall in a normal store fits me great. Like go to Banana and if there's a tall demarcation, it's great. Going to Duluth, it looks like a damn sleep shirt. Like it's huge. I look and like the ones uh, with the commercials. Like you feel like your nuts are being hugged by a bear. Absolutely. Yep. That is that is Duluth, and well, as the course uh, will find out, it's definitely not David Boren that's hugging him. Uh, boy, you're really pushing this narrative, aren't you? <laughs> well, I'm just uh, saying, I'm, I'm just throwing it out there. I've never heard of Duluth. It's on the there is they opened one up uh, is on there the one way in down Oklahoma to City? Dallas. You have to go all the way into Denton on 35. It's across from like uh, where oh, the In and Out is. Yeah, I've seen one of these before. Do we have? Yeah, we have one in Oklahoma City. Do we? Yeah, Southwest. Third, I'm trying to picture where that would even be at. I got those T-shirts that more? tuck in so your ass crack doesn't show. Mm-hmm. The, literally, their logo, like in the store, it's like plumber's butts been defeated or something. I was like, you put that up on a billboard? All right. Is that like is buying it, clothes at a, somewhere that's more comfortable than like going into Walmart to pick up some jeans? There's a bear chewing on your asshole. <laughs> Get our plumber's uh, butt shirts. I, I like I said it it was a it was a, it was a Josh emotional car wash like I felt really good like I walked out of there and I was like you know I I thought I was a big guy but no I, I'm I'm a normal I'm dude doing I'm okay just, I'm, I'm not a Duluth guy so that that's exciting when you when you've gone Duluth that's you know hey maybe it's time to you know we'll think about dieting a little exercise a little more green in the food Eddie got to see my lunch today and I could tell he was jealous so jealous. <laughs> So, so jealous. <laughs> Let me tell you, 180 calories of red beans and rice is not a lot. I will say the red beans and rice did not look bad. It's it's one of the best things that they have. It's just So you just eat red beans and rice all day? No. Okay, are you like on a plan? I'm on the Nutrisystem thing, yeah. Okay. Okay. I didn't I I thought you were just going to do it yourself. No, that 25 pounds down one month. No big deal. That's that's awesome, man. 
No, that well done. Twenty five more, that'd be fifty. <laughs> Thank you. You're right. Thank you, you mathematician. You bet. Ed. You bet. Uh, so anyway, uh, OU get ready to play TCU on the road, which, let's be honest, can we stop asking questions about going on the road now? Shouldn't that just be, like, really? You're never on the road. You've been on the road for 42 days. I told Joe Bettner the other day, it's like, it would be more impressive if they would have had to stay out on the road. Never came back <laughs> to Norman. For a, yeah, for like a month and a half, living out of it at La Quinta. Going, taking their face shields to McDonald's. Gosh. Because they have to wear those face shields. We really would have to become like uh, professional uh, Snapchat, Instagram, uh, Twitter decipherers of information. That'd be the only way that, hell, it's kind of the only way that we get anything anyways right now. We'd probably still have Zoom calls. That'd be cool. They just have weird. Isn't it kind of weird that it feels like, did you say you're going to do family pictures, Josh? Yes. I feel like everybody... Everybody's a photographer. Is doing that now. Yeah, like everybody gets pictures. Oh, it's now. everybody's side hustle. Photography is a. There's some really talented be, people that do it because I, I know a couple yeah. people, but it's just like I feel like everybody does that now. But, everybody has a guy or I a mean, gal. Josh's pictures are really good now. Let's face it; you just buy some nice equipment, anybody can take pictures, right, Josh? Oh, no, I'm, you're not kidding. No, I, mean, I'm, I really was thinking you were going to be offended by me saying that. No, I'm no, I, I'm now. not good. At, I'm not a talented photographer. I know this about myself. It's fine. You. You know, Eddie will give me say stuff about video sometimes. I'm like, okay, I can fix that. Like, tell me what to do, where to point it, and I'll do it. That's fine. I got no problem with that. But it is it is not a natural gift that I possess. Um, and, no, but you know, you've gotten really good, and it's taken at least you know almost a decade and a half for that to happen. <laughs> the worst part, though, Carrie, is because of you. You know, I always have good equipment. But like people will see me and they're like, so what? What speed are you shooting that on? Like, what do you? Do? And I'm like, I don't have a clue. Like, I mess with it until it's right, and then I don't touch it again. Like that. That is the. There's nothing worse than like if I shoot two games in a day and like one's like inside or something. Hey, what's your and one's aperture like setting? And yes, what's your, what's I'm your, like, what's your shit, I've got to change something. And it's the third quarter before I get it fixed, and so I've missed all kinds of shots I could have had. But that, I mean, I mean, Josh. I mean, to pay for that neighborhood that you're living in now, you could make that your side hustle now. Yes. I, well, you should I be mean, your own family photographer. Tiffany would probably uh, you pay know, you well. Yeah, set it up a on a timer and you're good to go. Yeah. With gold-plated street signs. I mean, it's tough. Like, you got to find ways to, to pay for these things. So it's, it's, it's not easy. Is a basketball player that lives next to you, Harden? Uh, yeah, 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 Harden. Yeah, he's he's got one of the smaller places, but you know, like he's got us a lot of celebrities, so they they kind of let him in on a you know a technicality. Daryl Morey's moving out today. It's a sad yes, day in the neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, we're um, yeah, sad to see Daryl go. He's uh, he, he's been a really good guy. Um, I hear Russell's going to buy his house actually, so I think it's going to be fine. Where did where did he get uh, repurposed to Beijing? Yeah, I think he's he's in Hong Kong. Mm, interesting. <laughs> I don't think they'll allow him in Beijing. Covering all the bases. Today. He can go run down the streets in Hong Kong with everybody else, though, with their masks on. Hey, he already has a mask. Just take it with him. Uh, anyway, TCU coming up this weekend. Isn't the Oklahoma TCU series one of the more... It's like, like every Big 12 series, isn't it, though? It's like... Iowa State, Oklahoma, always close. Kansas State, Oklahoma, always close. TCU, Oklahoma, always close. Always close to the to the point though of like I was almost shocked when I realized that OU's eight and one against TCU. 
Yeah, they beat Since TCU more than they beat Kansas State and Iowa State. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they've, the only loss that they had was the 2014 Hail Mary game with Trevor Knight, and they had a big lead in that one. Yeah. Game ended on maybe the one, one where of... Trevor Knight I threw love about BFJ. 10 feet out of the back of the end zone. Maybe one of the worst Hail Marys of all time. And, they, and they I have good video of it because Jeffrey Mead yeah, is coming Jeffrey running. Yeah, Jeffrey Mead in the game specifically. He, he did catch yeah, it. but he was 10 yards He out was about seven yards to the right of the end zone. It was not good. And that was kind of the height of pick six BFJ, too. He uh, loved oh, that him. Was, I mean, that was the morning of Katy Perry. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it was. We were driving down. That was the Katy Perry morning. I think we were watching it in the car on the ESPN app. Where would you rank that throw with the Kansas State pick six, like at the at the goal That's line? the worst one ever. Yeah, that's That's the worst that, one ever. That's a pretty bad one. That, that's one of the worst throws I've ever seen. We love, we love TK9, and BFJ's been retired, but those were two pretty bad <laughs> interceptions. <laughs> I guess one was an interception, one was a Hail Mary. Uh, to his credit, it could not have been intercepted. He threw it where no one was going to intercept it. I was looking Trevor at that, has the that. box score of that game. is Actually, it was a little bit closer than I remember it being. Do you think Trevor has that sign like hanging above his like breakfast nook that says, I don't regret any of the mistakes that I've made because they've led me here to you? Mm. That seems like a TK9. I don't know. He sent that card for sure. Yes. Now, yeah, nowadays, kids just in send life that has somehow. Uh-huh. Now, nowadays, yeah, kids just send like cakes to people, like dirty cakes. Yeah, like <laughs> something like that. <laughs> that's getting deleted. Well, they, that's what that, that's what it says. Get with the culture one time. <laughs> I know, quoted, you know what the guy doesn't mean. Just because WAP is out there, that I have to be supportive of it. <laughs> Hey, I'm I'm not I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying that that is what people send cakes on. Like, sorry for giving you it's, COVID. It's okay. Oh, well, that's fine, but that other one, no. Like, we have to have we have to draw a line at some point in society. Well, I'm just All I'm right? just I'm just reading what I have seen. Can't live twenty four seven the barstool life. Well, <laughs> some people would disagree with that. It is more of a lifestyle Did- than anything. Did I see this correctly that the WAP has tried to be repurposed by some churches? Oh, it doesn't like, that would not surprise me at all. Something in prayers, uh, work prophet. and prayer, oh. work and prayer or something like that. Well, I saw somebody like, said that they had told their parents that it was wine and pizza, so their parents had <laughs> a wine and pizza night and didn't realize until everybody got over to the house that uh, it was basically a key party. Like, yeah, like their their parents had Swingers. basically thrown a swinger party yeah. with unintended consequences. <laughs> everybody had shown up with an erection. Did, with their kids, was a, was a problem. did their kids just start playing the song like as soon as everybody showed up? I have no It looked like the kids that sent out that story were in college, so I don't know what the actual. Uh, huh, better than bringing COVID back into the home, that. though. Well, Odell Beckham doesn't have to worry about it. I would imagine, though, to answer your question, Josh, there are, I don't know, maybe 20% of people that are... How many people are they allowing inside uh, Amon G. Carter Stadium this weekend? What is the... Are they? I think it's 11. They're at 11,000? So it's like 10% or or 15% of the stadium? So it'll be like a KU game. Yeah. That would be a pretty good crowd. There might be a good uh, WAP crowd in the... uh, Amon G. Carter Stadium this this weekend. Usually pretty strong. I bet the next time they play at Baylor, they'll have a strong WAP crowd. 
I, I mean, apparently, if you saw their homecoming festivities last weekend, it just why seems like people, everybody like, else. Why is, are people offended by that? Because it's something to get offended about. I don't understand it. Like, I think it's because they look at the football like, can program. Can you believe what they they had a homecoming festivity? Yeah, I like, can believe it. Yeah, it's Baylor. Last school in the conference that has paid attention to guidelines it's not like and they protocols. Had to have it in an ICU or something. <laughs> well, they probably wouldn't have had enough beds to do it, but. I don't know. It's been interesting. Waco, the, dude. Waco's medical stuff is huge. Yeah, like, it's right across the street from the stadium, like isn't there's it? There's Waco medical centers everywhere, like in Frisco. And I've had Dallas. some buddies that went to uh, Baylor Medical School. Supposedly, it's a really good school. Oh, it's isn't very it? good. Yeah. yeah. But is, very, isn't very that in good. Dallas? Isn't the Baylor Medical like the school school? I don't know. Uh, the school? No, it's in Houston. They is just it? have a lot. Oh, of it's hospitals. in Houston. That that yeah. that's where Tiffany's mom went. Okay. Yeah, they're big time. So you're by, I guess, association, kind of a Baylor Bear, Josh. Uh, yeah. I wondered yeah, why you covered for uh, Art Bryles for so long. <laughs> well, I didn't. I got How so many tired of seeing Jason Kirk do you have to fight have? it alone. You know, Jason Kirk just fighting the good fight on behalf of all the uh, great reporters out there. He's at that fine establishment outkick now. Yep, they're they're just collecting winners. My God. Uh, okay, so back to football. Trevor Knight. I promise I'll stay on, on task here. That's all right. It's been a bye week. We've well, had, there's I nothing mean, to you recap. You and I have been talking the same thing over and over and over again for the last two weeks. Yeah. On radio, on And let me, just, let me just put it out there to clear the air. I think it was better for Oklahoma as a program to win the game in Dallas than it was to lose the game. Okay. Let's, Thank you. Let us tackle real quick on top we'll, we'll tackle the suspension stuff um and i know it's almost got to the point where a new thread gets started every 30 minutes so it's kind of i kind of have that opinion like i've said what i've said if there's something new to say i'll say it i just don't think there's anything new to say here i mean you've had justin harrington's tweet which you know was deleted almost like four minutes i think you said eddie it stayed up Saying like his boys are about to be back. Oh yeah, uh, when was that? Was like last Thursday morning, yeah. wasn't it, or Friday morning? Because it, it was it was before or after it was after we had recorded the U forty for last week, right? You've yeah, and you've had Ramondre Stevenson tweeting out pictures of himself in the Big Twelve Championship game over and over, and everybody kind of like. I just I don't believe that they're going to be back this week. I mean, and when I say they. It even starts falling apart now because what we've told you about Ronnie Perkins this entire time about the NCAA and that they basically can do whatever they want with him now because he didn't follow through on getting, you know, what's the word? Um, starts with an R. I've used it many times and now it's escaped my brain. Not the R word Greg Marshall used, I hope. No, he's in a whole different category. Uh, Readmitted. I mean, like, he... Okay. He failed to be readmitted, and that was of his own doing. So the NCAA is like, okay, well, you can't ever pass a drug test that we give you. So, you know, what are we going to do with you? Now, one of the options on the table from the beginning was, well, they just let him serve out his usual suspension, uh, and he'll be back. Now, when you hear people like Teddy Lehman say that he hasn't even been around the facility, it starts to make you question... I know there were all these rumors floating around that he'd been kicked off the team. I don't believe that that's happened. Uh, but it does seem like now his case has become separate from everyone else's at this point. 
for the negative. It, I, it, for a while, it felt like that was a positive for him, and now it feels like it's gone the opposite direction. Right. And the thing is, you know, we have contacted people close to the suspended players. No one's been able to verify to us that, and they fly out told us, no, we haven't heard anything in terms of, you know, our player, our, you know, our relation, whatever, which is, is going to be able to play this week. Isn't that a little wild that there has just been, it almost seems like no communication from the NCAA as in terms of, so I guess my question is, is like next week, do they contact OU and say, all right, you guys have surgery suspension, you're ready to roll. Well, the thing with Perkins... I mean, that's a it, compliance issue, I understand, the, but... The thing with Perkins literally almost happened overnight. I mean, it, within two weeks, it was done. Like, it was... The appeal was filed. It was approved. And then they started going through the process that next week of getting him reinstated. Reinstated yeah. is the word I'm, I'm, I was looking for. And they did all the paperwork. Everything was done. It was approved. He just needed to follow through on this one step, and it did not happen. I just find... I, because they were they were willing to play him at Iowa State if the drug test came back saying he's clear. I just don't understand. And then he didn't show up point. at Texas. I just don't understand how A gets to that point, B there's no communication, and C I just don't understand what is going on in Indianapolis. Like the Chris Murray thing is just insane to me that it took him five weeks to figure that out. But it wasn't just Murray. There were some other guys around the country that were getting the waivers at the same time. Just any type of waiver. Like, I would think as an institution. I mean, football, not, like, basketball's been happening, and you've yeah. been pointing that yeah, out. Yeah, no, I, I I completely get what you're saying. It's just, like, I don't understand how anybody that works for the NCAA doesn't think it looks bad that they had literally six months to figure that out. And it was a slam dunk. And then they come back in four games stamp. into the season. I It just... It blows my mind how something like that happens. Well, and here's the thing with with everything is you're you're now this deep into the season with Chris Murray, and I think if Chris Murray had been starting or had been eligible from the very beginning, he might be playing right guard, and Tyrese Robinson might be your right tackle, and, and Adrian Ely might be your left tackle. By the way, this just in: a new shipment from Dead Soxy, uh, great place, uh, great sponsor of the. Unofficial 40 podcast, Eddie and I, both big fans of deadsoxy.com as uh, they got some of the best socks out there. If you guys are looking to uh, upgrade your wardrobe a little bit, uh, looking for a little something special, go over to D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com. That's Dead Soxy. And check out their collection, whether uh, you're looking for the uh, no-show socks for uh, wearing with sneakers or uh, you want something a little dressier like the boardroom. Uh, or you just want to show off your favorite school. They got the uh, crimson and cream colorways for you uh, to uh, take part. They got several different options to choose from for, for all different kinds of game days. Uh, but really high quality. They got the patented no-slip silicone beads and the welt. Uh, so you won't have any slippage. And right now, 30% off uh, using the promo code uh, BOOMER at checkout. And uh, Eddie, I know you're doing a lot of walking these days. Uh, you like the no-shows to wear out there? I love the no-shows. I love the no-shows. And then I love the patented no-slip silicone bees because they stay on your foot a little bit easier. You don't have to bend down. And, you know, for a big guy like me, <laughs> over my belly, you don't have to bend down and keep messing with your shoes. But so you're walking. You're, you're less bent. Well, we're getting we're getting there. We're getting there. But 30% off promo code right now. not helping. Exclusively for Soonerscoop.com. Uh, enter keyword boomer at checkout and you'll get 30% off. They're they're living the right 
with me right now. Though. Now you didn't do it well last night. Would you like to spell last uh, week? Would you like to spell out the website one more time? I'll try people? it out. I'll try it out for size. D e a d s o x y dot com. That is deadsoxy dot com. Use that promo code Boomer thirty percent off the best dress socks you've ever put on, and always stay soxy, guys. Okay, uh, Bob Prisbillo is calling in. His uh, he's out of the child labor camp, and uh, he is now joining us here on the podcast. It's Wednesday, and we just had Zoom calls, and we're getting our pod out. And Bob's been out uh, transcribing, doing his duties. And and Bob, we're talking about Chris Murray. Uh, I, I I do think if he had been you know eligible, he'd probably be in the starting lineup right now, but. You're coming out out of a Texas game where the offensive line has finally played really well. And Bill Beanbow, when he gets that chemistry working, as he has over the years, like we always said, like, it's not working, but we we trust that Beanbow will get it going. I think Anton Harrison's been a big part of that. But Tyrese Robinson, uh, Marquise Hayes both played well. Creed Humphrey seems to be playing well. Like, I don't know that they really want to mess with that now, other than... They, they might sub Chris Murray in, but because he had to sit out all those games, it's almost like you worry, have they fixed the offensive line where they don't want to mess with it in regards to Murray? I would agree Murray. with that. Yeah, I, I definitely would agree with that because I, I think, you know, if he had been eligible, he, he, he would be starting, but that's not the case. And, and, and now it's almost like you would be afraid to put him in in a highly competitive situation, maybe you get his feet wet in a, you know, I don't know when OU's going to have a breather based on the way they've played the first four games of uh, 2020. But if you can get him in to just sort of get get a feel of how he interacts with those other guys in a game situation, not just practice, then you have a better idea. Which I'm really hoping, I think, it's just that him, Bray Walker, Andrew Rain just keep pushing Tyrese and Marquise so that they don't just rest on their laurels and keep saying, well, I'm just going to start because I've been doing it the last two, three years. Now you've got guys who can actually push them out if they're not playing at the level like they did against against Texas. You know, it's kind of funny, too, that this is Russell a week removed from talking to Tyrese Robinson, and he was the first one to say it, that he was a little overweight. He's trying to get back into shape right now. that was interesting. Uh, It's just, it's interesting, like, Chris Murray's obviously been practicing. He's been going through everything, but does he also need to get in shape as well? I mean, it. I don't know. It seems like that is a, a problem right now for Oklahoma's offensive linemen. Well, then the other question is, in terms of the run game, do you stick with T.J. Pledger, even though Seth McGowan will be back? I would. I, I thought T.J. Pledger really ran the ball really well against Texas. Really well. I mean, he, what do you average? Like 6.3 a carry, I think, and... I, I think Pledger and you get McGowan back. I mean, obviously, that's going to take away f- carries from Marcus Major, who, you know, I I thought he ran the ball okay against Texas. Yeah, t- nice touchdown run. Yeah. Uh, what, o- what always becomes an issue is that these guys get stronger with more carries. Yeah. And when you divide them up so much, it's like Pledger might have won like 10 for 50 instead of 22 for 130. And so it you you want to feature back, but you don't, and it's it, it's it's really hard to sort of juggle. I, I thought Pledger couldn't be that guy that goes 20, 25 carries, but he showed against Texas and in that type of heat that he could handle it just fine. Well, you say that, and there's no better example than than uh, than uh, um, Trey Sermon. I mean, he got unhappy because they didn't juggle it the right way, and 
partially because Jalen Hurts was taking away a lot of carries from the running back that year. But at the same time, Kennedy Brooks clearly became kind of option number one. And Trey Sermon was ready to be that feature guy instead of that change-up guy that he was early in his career. And it just it, it he got disgruntled because of it. it. It's really funny that we're talking about this, and they're going to be in the same exact spot next week when you get Ramondre Stevenson back to the yeah, mix, right? Yep. Exactly. Because <laughs> he's yep. he is your best back. I mean, he just no, I, is. And I don't even think that. Honestly, it's not even really a conversation to be had. No. I mean, Ramondre Stevenson, as soon as he's eligible to return, he's your number one guy. Well, how do you think that will uh, kind of shake out, Josh? You know, it's going to be exactly – I don't think it's that different than what we're talking about on the offensive line. You've got to see what Stevenson looks like. I mean, because you can condition, you can do all that stuff. Guys, we all know, I mean, missing four or five games of your season and then coming in, he's not going to be at the same speed as everybody else. His stamina won't be the same. Like, he'll need a little time to find, you know, kind of his feet, I guess. But there's no question. I mean, he's the best back on this team. He is the – you know, Stevenson, I I said at the end of last year, I thought he was OU's best back at the end of last season. And that's over Sermon and Brooks that had a lot of yardage, a lot of experience, and that kind of thing. Stevenson, I think, is an NFL guy. So, you know, it's just going to be a matter of how quickly he can kind of hit it and make it going. But, I mean, you talk about it. Pledger, Stevenson, and what we've seen out of McGowan, that's a pretty good three, you know, three-set running back that can bring you a lot of different looks they can do a lot of different things and really you don't have to it's not one of those situations where you're rotating guys and it dictates what you're doing offensively i think all three can pretty much do the things you want to do and they don't really tip your hand of what you're wanting to do offensively but i also think what we've seen from tj pledger is he is he does not like eddie was talking about the more carries he got the better he got against Mm -hmm. texas I don't know if he's that guy that can come in on spot duty and just be explosive for you. He yeah. seems like a guy that needs, you know, 10, 15, 20 carries to really give you the best that he's got. Who is that? Sorry. TJ Pledger. TJ Pledger. Yeah. He, he could be a really nice compliment, though. Eddie's multitasking. He I could be a really nice compliment. Yeah, I'm just picking off haters left and right on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> he could be a nice compliment, though. Are you still fighting about the defensive line? No, that's over. That guy was an one idiot. thing. One thing Pledger adds is the, the catching ability out of the backfield. Right. Yeah, although sure. We haven't really seen it through the first four games. McGowan's really good in that way, but they really haven't used him as such. And I Stevenson's mean, I mean, like, not a, a clod catching the ball. No, no, he's okay. I mean, I said that. The, I mean, they all have their individual strengths. Like Pledger is the most complete of the three to me. Stevenson's the best pure runner, and I think McGowan's probably just the best athlete. You know, he can. He, he's a little more explosive, I think, than the other two and can do a little bit of different stuff. But By the um, way, I think we've just won the argument we had against Eddie about most important person to have back. We were fighting over whether uh, you want Perkins. Or, I'll be defiant <laughs> on that and say that... Because all of a I sudden, Stevenson's would... coming back, and you're like, should he be the guy? Should he be the starter? There was so there the, would be no question that Perkins should be out. Well, Yeah, then so that just proves yeah. my point even more. No, so uh, I won. You were on the Stevens. I won side. by winning. No, I was the Brawny Perkins. He oh, was I was. We were yeah. all. No, I was. <laughs> I was definitely on the Perkins. Or no, no, no. no I was were, on the Stevens. You were oh, Stevenson okay. side. Yeah, I was. I was. <laughs> so okay. I'll just go ahead and take a victory lap real quick. Okay. And, so we. So we're the idiots. Yeah. I mean, then that's kind of how I uh, saw it a couple weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> that we're the idiots. Thank you. No, I. It. 
and you know, it's kind of funny too because it, coming it, up. it's interesting how it all comes together. I have no problem selling meth. It's an election year. <laughs> I just need to go down to LaFleur County. We can get into that later. Can you get away with selling meth when pot is so easily available? Yeah, I think you're talking about two different demos there. They can't just, the meth heads can't just switch to pot? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think that would... They enjoy losing their teeth? I don't know. We'll have to, uh... We'll... we'll I'll, I'll take a trip up to Stillwater, and we'll get that message back here rather quickly. I think you have to go to southeastern quickly. Oklahoma. Where yeah, LaFleur County, the where they're castrating people. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, though. It, it It's going to... Now I'm kind of thrown off. What are we talking about? Well, we were talking about Stevenson oh, about and how Stevenson. he fits in. Yeah, it, you know, it, it, it is kind of funny, though, that they're coming off of, you know, arguably their best game of the year on the ground, and there's so many moving parts, whether it be Chris Murray or... You know, whoever's playing running back, if everybody plays the same that they did on Saturday or last weekend and can build off that, they should be okay. I Yeah, I mean, TCU's going to be another challenge. I mean, I think they're as good as anybody in terms of, I don't know, I don't know, Josh, you probably have the numbers. I don't know them, but it, historically, TCU is as good or as hard to run against as anybody in the conference. Oh, absolutely. I, you know, and this is... This is one of those weird years where, I mean, not weird, but it seems like for several years it's been a good TCU defense, and then they would show up and, you know, they're just facing a better Oklahoma offense, a more experienced, more talented, whatever. But what's interesting this year, TCU is actually, uh, there's only one team in the conference that's been worse in run defense than they have been, and that's Kansas. They they are behind Texas Tech. They're behind Baylor. They're I mean, it's it's not even close. I mean, you know, people will. We, Eddie would Eddie was just talking about. It. We've had people on Twitter today talking about Oklahoma's defensive line play being poor and just not knowing the stats. TCU's giving up almost twice as many yards per game on the ground as Oklahoma is defensively right now. Which so, which should be just music to Oklahoma's ears, considering what they've done to TCU on the ground in the last six years. Did you guys catch this in the game notes? It literally shocked me when I saw this. OU's won six in a row in this series. They've ran for an average of 283.3 a game. They posted 333 in 2015, 260 in 2016. They played them twice in 17, obviously. They 200 the first time around, 218 in the Big 12 championship game, 323 on the ground in, tw- in 2018. They ran for 366 yards last year against Holy TCU. Lord. Those turnovers, the Jalen Hurts turnovers. Son of a bitch. That could have been a blowout. And last year, that was the best, the second best run defense in the Big 12. A stat that shocks me almost as much as what Eddie just told me. Do you guys know who led the Big 12 in run defense last year? Was it... I mean, it has to either... So you. Was it... It was. Okay. Yeah. It was Oklahoma. It was OU. I mean... About three yards ahead of TCU, and the game note pack, hey. the game note package actually notes that OU held TCU to an average of one nineteen point two in all six of those games, with a high of one sixty one in twenty fifteen. Uh, it's it's sad to see Kansas in tenth in both year both years, but it's actually two yards off their pace of twenty nineteen. They're they're a little worse this year 
in uh, in the run defense. So the Jayhawks, it's it's going well for Leston Company. Well, I mean, and that's been kind of the talk, you know, this week with Lincoln Riley, like. The offense was great in overtime. Nobody expected them to be able to keep, you know, step with Texas once it went to overtime because the defense had fallen apart and the offense just wasn't moving the ball. And then all of a sudden, uh, Austin Stogner makes that catch. And really, OU, if they had not had Gabe Burkett's lineup for that field goal, they might have scored and won the game then on offense because they were just going. Yeah, there's so, a lot of people that would have liked to have seen that instead of kicking well, a field goal on second, I mean, and second down. I mean, yeah, in hindsight. Yeah, that never comes up if you make it. But I didn't even care that they were doing it on second down or third, you know, whatever. I mean, 32-yard no. field goal for Gabe Burkich, win the game. Sure. Go win it. Sure. But I mean, I was, I, I was as sure he would make that kick as I was sure Oklahoma was in trouble going into overtime. Yeah. Shit, just even after, after Texas scored in the fourth quarter, I'm still in shock. Like... Gary Patterson, this series has been littered with them going for two at the end of games. You think he would have gone for two at the Cotton Bowl? Damn, damn right he would have. he would have, yeah. Without question. He wouldn't question. even have thought about it. Yeah. He would like, hit his kicker's helmet. He's not a kitty cat like Tom Herman is. Uh, so, so, but, I mean, talking to Lincoln this week, really, it has been, can you build off of that performance? Is that a springboard for the rest of your season offensively? And I have to think that these last two weeks that Spencer Rattler has continued to build a rapport with Theo Wees, Austin Stogner, Drake Stoops, uh, Marvin Mims. And, you know, I, I just think that Charleston Rambo's kind of the odd man out, and he probably should be. I, I, I doubt Lincoln will ever give up on Charleston Rambo. No, and I don't think that, I don't think that Oklahoma will as a whole. I mean, they're going to give him opportunities, but it's like... I, 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 I know it sounds really bad, but at some point you got to move on to the more talented guys and the guys that have shown they can make plays. I mean, I don't think there's anything rude I mean, about Rainbow that. Rainbow has a place in this offense, but it's as a deep right. threat, really, to me. It's not as a it's not as a catch and run guy, and it's not the competitive catches in the corner of the end zone. No, that, that he just doesn't make. Let them. Drake Stoops and Austin Stogner do that stuff. Let Marvin um, Mims kind of get behind the defense. Yeah, I, I I thought it was interesting, Bob. What you asked uh, Rattler just as far as developing a rapport with Theo Weiss. I mean, he made it a point. I don't know if you saw it in the first quarter, but he definitely made a point there after he got you know benched or put in timeout, whatever you want to call it. And he's like, you know, basically, f it, I'm gonna I'm gonna go down swinging if I'm going down. I, that's kind of the way that I saw that second half. Yeah, go down yeah, with his yeah. best players. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to go one and three. It's not because, you know, we didn't just give everything we got and go with the guys that we trust the most. So, yeah, I, 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 I definitely saw second half and overtimes like that. And and, and hopefully, you know, you I, I think Theo can be an alpha. I think, I, know, I think me and Josh are in total agreement there. We thought Theo would be the guy already at this point this season, but now – can he translate what happened in Dallas through the rest of the year? And can he start getting some big yards after the catch? It's sort of a, you know, eight, I think you have what, eight catches, but only like 52 yards. And you need, you're going to need more than that. If Josh really become the guy. Josh, I think Theo has that personality where he wants a challenge. Like, just like him seeking out Derek Stingley Jr. at Rivals Five Star. Like he wants to compete but he also has that personality, kind of like Malcolm Kelly a little bit, 
uh, those two remind me of each other so much in personality. Like, if things don't go his way, he kind of he can get his dauber down a little bit. Like, and, the, and he can kind of just check out. Shout out Bobby Jack, right? Yep. Yep. I, I think there is a little bit of that uh, in him. And it's just, he is. He's just one of those guys that, like a lot of receivers, like he he is as good as the momentum is. Like if he's moving in the right direction, like Bob brought it up. I mean, they were using him almost like a – it felt like Geno Lewis at times. You remember when Geno Lewis had that year where they just kept giving it to him on third down. He'd just find a way. If they needed five, he'd get six yeah. or whatever. And that's what we felt like against Texas, but he's so much more than that. Yeah. And, you know – you guys talking about Rambo. I'd love to see some more bubble screens of Theo Weiss. If that's what you want to run, you want to run some bubbles, I think Theo's a great option for that. Um, I, I'm not saying that there's maybe not a few that I would like more, but if you're looking for that big, long guy, you know, kind, I, you know, for whatever reason, well, hell, they seem how to about like Marvin that, Mims for some bubble that, screens? That's the one that's obvious as it can be to me. Um, that stat and, that Kersey threw out today about Marvin Mims was pretty insane. wild. He's got to play the second half. They gotta put him in. Two receptions and twelve yards after halftime this season, as compared to five receptions for 196 yards and four touchdowns in the first half. It's wild. That's amazing. But isn't that just kind of? And I don't know. Maybe tell me if it's an excuse. But isn't that kind of just the, I guess, lessons you have to learn as a young offense? Yeah, I mean, the quarterback has to realize. You know, it's kind of like. It's not even young quarterbacks. Like, I was watching the Dallas-Arizona game. It was driving me insane that Andy Dalton would not throw the ball to his best two receivers and in, in, in Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb. Like, I don't know how much time he had to do that. I don't... I mean, he didn't take him long to throw that slant over the... Sure. You know, over the middle of the field to Amari Cooper after halftime. I mean, it was like literally like a three-step drop. So, I mean... That's the thing. It's like, and that's, you know, Jalen Hurts, we criticized him a lot for not, you know, seeking out CeeDee Lamb more. And even at the beginning of last season, we were asking Lincoln Riley, like, how do you get CeeDee Lamb more involved? And he actually said, we have to force feed him the ball. We have to get him more touches. So once you, I mean, that's the thing that we're working through here uh, with Spencer Rattler is, He's figuring out who he can really rely on. Like, sure. if it's third down, he feels like he can rely on Stogner uh, to throw it over the middle, and he didn't convert on the one play, the third and nine, that they really needed to pick up that would have iced the game. Still the right call. Yeah, still the right call. I agree. Uh, even though there should have been 39 less seconds on the clock or 42 or whatever it was. Sabotage job. Uh, but if he, you know, he feels that now with Theo Weiss. He feels that with Drake Stoops. He needs to feel that more with Marvin Mims. Like, now that he trusts those guys... He won't miss them on the field sure. if they if they get open. Well, I think that's why what you saw kind of unfold in the second half of that game down at the Cotton Bowl was so important. And I said that it was important for them to win. I almost think that it was more important for them not to lose than it was to win, if that makes sense. I know that kind of sounds stupid, but <laughs> I think it I I truly believe that. Your, like I can't imagine real life. They just came to life right now. Absolutely. I can't imagine what these last two weeks would have been like if you're sitting there and Oklahoma's one and three coming out of a bye week. Talk COVID. about the world coming. COVID. I'd rather go through COVID five times than go through a week like that. It reminds me of uh, the movie Tin Cup when he gets the yips. And he's oh, like, he needs to find their roams. Yeah. Is what you're telling me. Yeah. 
Who could be there, Rome's? Holy, of course, Eddie knows this reference. <laughs> well, oh, I mean, he's seen Tin Cup. I mean, it plays on the golf channel during the offseason, <laughs> non- nonstop. Instead, in, go. instead of going to mass on Sunday mornings, we watch Tin Cup at the Radosvich household. <laughs> I mean, it's like you know, it, you would have viewed OU's offense as as uh, Roy McAvoy says, "My swing feels like an unfolded lawn chair." <laughs> Like, their, their offense literally would have been an unfolded lawn chair. It would have been a mess. God, I can't imagine walking in on Riley sitting in his Winnebago parked in the back of the governor's mansion <laughs> left by Christina Fallon, and he has all that shit on his head and trying, trying to, to figure, figure out, out his offense. I don't think I don't think it's that bad he's got, right now. He'd have like old film strip projectors, you know, just running. It might be a little bit of a blend. I could see Grinch doing that. Kinda I don't know like, about Lincoln. Kind of like when, uh, I don't know if you know this reference. Surely you've seen this movie. Kind of like when Bobby Boucher first walked on, walked into Mr. Coach Klein in that dark room and he was just watching film. If I ever get COVID again and have to go to the hospital, I hope everybody joins, uh, you know, like congregates out front of the hospital and has a uh, a vigil like, like they like did. Like Bobby did. They yeah. did for Bobby's mother. I almost went up to, uh, never mind. Guys, well, you almost had one for sugars. I know. Is, I, was gonna, I, know. I almost had to do it for Trump a couple weeks ago. <laughs> The the thing that's crazy, Oklahoma is number ten in the country in total offense. It does not feel like that. Oh, it, it feels be- like this this thing's broken. What you're measuring it against is an offense that averages like ten yards a snap. Sure. Yes. Sure. Yep. No doubt I'm about it. Measuring, ma- measuring. I always get in trouble. And see, because I've made fun of Dean Blevins so long for saying measure that I now say measure. Hmm. That's they are so twenty nineteen. We don't make two fun of yards per play behind Kyler Murray's offense. That's unbelievable. And we're sitting here nitpicking everything. Almost, well, almost two yards Missouri behind Baker. State, I think that's part of it. But too. it's just, I mean, a big part of it is the turnovers that that Rattler has yes. had. And sure. I mean, it's yep. like I was talking this morning. Yeah, you know, Oklahoma State. They have a chance to. I mean, is where they're ranked. They're not a national championship contender until Spencer Sanders can come back as quarterback against a good team like uh, like Iowa State and prove that he's not a turnover machine anymore. And he's actually got to be better than he was a year ago just as a, an every-down quarterback. Like, he has to prove that he can throw those passes to Tylen Wallace. He has to, that offensive line has to prove that they can run block for Chuba Hubbard but Spencer Sanders will determine whether or not Oklahoma State wins a Big 12 championship at this point. Yeah, I, I would say that's it's all yeah, on that's his fair. shoulders. <laughs> I mean, I and it's going to be particularly interesting just to kind of see how Oklahoma State gets back into the form of things this weekend, having not played for a couple weeks. Three weeks. And Spencer Sanders hasn't played in almost a month. He's played a quarter this entire season. Yeah, in you know, I it was it was a good drive, but it stalled in the red zone. I guess if you really want to get nitpicky on it. I mean, it's. It, it, well, I'm fairly interested to see kind of what happens in this conference over the course of the next few weeks because like, hopefully oh, that you get into like the you know the 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 middle slate of games as far as you know Oklahoma State has Iowa State Texas coming up these next two weeks OU has to finish out their road from hell schedule on the road with uh, trip to Fort Worth and then Lubbock so we'll see. It really is almost like Oklahoma State is a member of the Big Ten. Their football season is just starting this weekend. Yeah, it kind of does feel like that. By the way, good luck, Big Ten. Eight games in eight weeks. I'm just happy totally to know what the weather is going to be like in East Lansing on Saturday or like, you know, West Lafayette. 
Well, I missed I missed getting updates when I turned on the TV on Saturday morning. Produce coach does got it, the COVID. Based on their rules, does anybody yeah. does anybody in the Big Kobe Ten Brother. play more than six games? Uh, oh, I think I think you'll have some that there might be some finish the eight, but okay. Just based on that twenty-one, their margin day, of error is so that, small. What is it like? Yeah, that twenty-one well, like, day thing is the dumbest thing that has ever that's been done. Rough. Yeah, a huge problem. Yeah, I mean that's doesn't even okay. Make sense. I changed my mind. No, no one will play <laughs> eight games. <laughs> I, yeah. That's why I, I don't think I, like anyone does it, just because of the guidelines they have in place. I mean, Justin Fields could have that happen to him and miss almost half of Ohio State season. Sure. Yeah. Or, I mean, even even if it runs through your offensive line, you're screwed. I mean. Like Baylor oh, would have missed how many games by now? Well, they've only Three played two. <laughs> they've only played two, so. And I mean, Oklahoma State hasn't even done anything wrong, and they've missed three weeks. So, like, what if Ohio State only ends up playing four games? Oh, they'll still make the playoff. Yeah, they probably still will. No, that's going to be BYU that screws everything up for everybody. I think, I think the good. Zach Wilson kid's pretty yeah, good. pretty good. Mom's hot, too. <laughs> well, he looks like a little shit. Hey, yes. Thank you, Josh. That's I'm glad that Josh has a little shit radar, just like I'm, I do. Hey, I, hey. I, am not, I am not opposed, nor am I supporting the Mormons of the list. Of I don't know anything about the kid, but he has little shit written all over well, his he turned face. It, I mean, he comes from a Utah family. He turned his back on the Utes. His dad played at Utah. I uh, BYU is in Utah, you know. I know. They're what do you mean? The Holy yeah, War. He, he turned his, his back fam- on them. The whole family are like, Utah Utes yeah. fans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Turned his back uh, on them. Be like going to Texas. No, I, Carrie. I have two young daughters. My radar for little shit is over, <laughs> overly sensitive. I'm like, yeah. oh yeah, you're walking your grandmother across the street, are you? Aren't you? Yeah, you want money, don't you, little asshole? Like, <laughs> I, I, like, I, I am highly sensitive. Yeah, he Josh will not be allowing his daughters to date someone that looks like that. No, at any point. No, that won't lives. happen. No, that won't happen. That's uh, yeah. We've we've already got talk <laughs> of boyfriends. We've had some changes in Laney's boyfriend uh, column lately. It's it's not been good. D- Dad is, uh, you know. <laughs> I'm staking out the school, trying to figure out who he is. Can't go in the school. This year, it's making it a lot harder to be that dad. Mr. McQuishan, do you want to hear about the Latter-day Saints? And Josh gets out a phone. He's like, let me take a picture of you, buddy. You're off. The, you're on the list now. You're not sticking you that in anybody's up, butthole around here. Show up at my doorstep again, sir. <laughs> you know he's had a lot of butt sex. <laughs> Who's? The quarterback for BYU. That's know. what they. That's what the Mormons do. I don't know. I, they keep their virginity and they have butt sex. They left that part out of the. Uh, it's it's in the manual. Oh, I was gonna say they left that part out of the South Park, and that's all I know about the Mormon religion. <laughs> you haven't watched the Joseph Vanderpump. Smith. You haven't watched the Vanderpump Rules. Are they Mormon? Uh, there was one of the servers that worked there that was Mormon. Oh, and she confirmed. She like leave the family like in uh, what's it called. No, she remained Mormon, but they have butt sex to keep their virginity. I did not know that. Uh, I did not know that. I should really bleep out this part of the pod by myself. That is so that that, that that's always mind-boggling to me. Like this will be the most commented thing in the comment oh, section sure. of the podcast. Hundred <laughs> percent. 
I think we just guarantee there will be 40. people that know that this is this is true and they will want to confirm it. Yeah. Timing is everything, including that DM you just sent, Josh. Yes. Um, the uh, I, I do want to apologize, you know, to our Mormon members. Best of luck to you guys. You know, no, no, no comments on you. I'm sure you're one of the ones not doing the butt sex. Yeah. Good luck with Halloween. <laughs> Maybe Logan is just a fan of butt sex. Yeah, you know, I mean, could be. You know, for those wondering, uh, Logan Fano, a linebacker from Utah, just included OU in his final four schools. I am not under the impression that Logan Fano has a current active offer from Oklahoma. Uh, he is also looking at BYU, Utah, and Washington. I would guess that yeah, his final choice will come from one of those three. It's like the old Sesame th- Street thing. One of these things is not it's like not the other. like the other. Yeah. Uh-huh. Absolutely. I did see that part on the Chappelle show. <laughs> the, <laughs> all right. Uh, defensively, Oklahoma. Uh, we haven't really talked a whole lot about that. We did talk to David Aguebu today, Isaiah Thomas. Um, guys, I, I, think it's, I don't think it's been talked about enough, probably because we've asked to talk to him every week and it's never been granted, but we got to start, I think, giving some true love to Perry on Winfrey and a guy that probably more than anyone in recent memory. I mean, I've had people. He's a dog. I've had people they, like. They, don't, they haven't had dogs down there in a while. Ask the question like, is this the best since Gerald McCoy? Because he wreaks havoc. And we haven't seen that from a defensive lineman in a very long time. From a physical talent standpoint, I I think you could make that conversation. I mean. Like and the thing about Winfrey, like like Eddie just said, can you imagine if um, Gus Johnson had tried to put the wrong nickname on Perry on Winfrey? I like with the big Canada thing or the uh, the bulldo- Canadian bulldozer Canadian or whatever. Bulldozer. Yeah, like if if he had tried to pull that shit on Perry on Winfrey, like he he might get got like that. That would be bad as to where Neville's like, ah, oh, no, that never happened. Like, you know, like that never been called that. Like Neville was so good about it. Winfrey, you're like, I, I like you. Cause I talked to him several times in recruiting. Like he was always a nice guy to deal with, but I'm like, I think you might be a little scary. He like put, I, I, he has the crazy guy. Yep. Yep. There, there is an element of that. I mean, obviously was kind of in and out of the doghouse at Iowa Western. And um, it was pretty, it was pretty, pretty evident he was suspended for the first quarter against Missouri State. Yeah. Right. Because the reason I noticed is he set a world record for body bands when he entered the game. <laughs> Badass. I literally thought he was wearing, like, Hoosier leggings. I mean, single-digit number, has the crazy eye. They should, we should, they should start talking about this guy like Reportedly he's a likes to party. He's a long-lost Selman brother. <laughs> I don't know about their, Josh, their, their partying is, status, but that's... Is he- consistent or does he just flash and when he flashes it's really incredible i thought texas he started it, it was more consistent it was better he was getting more reps kind of like what we're talking about you know and bob i know you weren't kind of part of that we're talking about tyrese robinson and i uh you know talking about getting in shape and those kind of things and i think maybe you're seeing that with winfrey as well as him starting to catch up to the speed of the game things starting to get more familiar for him but I thought against Texas he was pretty consistent. I thought that was clearly his best game. But you are right. Like even when he's not snap in and snap out doing what you want, man, when he flashes, it's it's special. Like you watch him, it, it's it's not it's not any special secret. You watch when the snap goes and how quickly he gets to his lane. 
it that's not normal. Those those guys are not everywhere, and that's why it it amazed me that Oklahoma got him so early, and he never seemed to waver. Like there was never any of that. I I I thought, man, Alabama's going to come in here. LSU's going to come in here. I thought a bunch of schools would get in there and really try to turn his head, and it just didn't happen. And I and it 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 happened to a degree that it made me wonder. Like, am I wrong about this guy? Am I too high on him? But no, he he's special. If he can just if he can just keep it together off the field, which is there ever has there been a guy in recent memory that even the fans are aware? Like, we're gonna have to watch this guy from week to week. Like, we're not sure we're gonna have him next week. Like, it, it feels Look, like if, even the fans know they need that five he's more of those guys. If you happen to be parked <laughs> at the University of Oklahoma and you come back to your car and your hood is shaped like Perry on Winfrey, just let it go. Yep, just drive cool, away. Bro. I mean, be why cool. would you be a narc? You want that dub on Saturday or not? Yeah, exactly. Hoods can it's be just, replaced. It's, it's a good question. Amazing. Just Monster make sure you don't defensive tackles. Just make sure you don't do it at the uh, like the honors college or you know where like the national merit are. scholars yeah. are. Just remember how much you loved Latimer in the program. Okay. Yeah, like, exactly. You know, there's things that have to be done. It's good that we've gotten to this point. You know, I I brought this up with Bob earlier too. Is just as far as you know, Oklahoma's defensive line's been pretty good this this year. I think that that has been a bright spot on uh, their defense. Even uh, like LeRon Stokes, I mean, yeah, he's been really good. And of course, Isaiah Thomas has been Nick Benito. I just include the outside linebackers as as defensive right. line. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> I do too. Let's face it; they're just glorified outside linebackers. With a Guaybu coming on, how good would this front seven be with Redmond and Perkins? I oh mean, yeah. That, are you trying? Like, to be best are you trying to just nine? get everyone to revolt on the message boards? I mean, people want to get rid of Deshaun White as it is, just because they love David Aguaybu. I, I, it's. I mean, guys, you know, because I talked about it. I think last week on the pod. Uh, Aguebu, like everybody talks about the the time lapse on that Ellinger play, but I was I still a marvel I still marvel that Aguebu got over there to force him out of bounds and force that fourth down. Yeah, now they didn't come up with a stop, but I mean that he's he's different, man. He's now, not like all the others. Now Alex Grinch was asked today, I believe by Owen Bob Prisbilla, was it not about uh, Aguebu versus Deshaun White? Oh, oh, I asked about Pat Fields. Oh no! You you, know, you went after Pat Fields. Oh, that's I right. I did. That's like you the end of Pat Fields' career today. Yeah, let me oh, let me paraphrase no. for anybody that didn't hear it. Oh no! Everybody Bob thinks Prisbillo. that Patrick Fields sucks. Why do you keep playing him? That was the, that was the, the question. That was the question. Paraphrase. No, that was that's the, the, the meanest question I've ever. I, asked. It really me and, was. Me and Carrie looked at each other like, "Oh my god!" He I just mean, went for the kill spot. I had to turn my video off because I couldn't believe it. <laughs> Like, I'm usually the asshole. I'm the guy that asks Buki, why aren't you as good as you should be? And why haven't you brought back the... Uh, no. Sledgehammer? No. Sledgehammer. Nobody wants to hear that question asked. I, I did everybody tell, wants to hear I that question I did tell asked. Woody Washington... I did admonish Woody Washington today for bringing up Jacob Phillips' name. I know. He brought up the name that's never been spoken in uh, Norman, Oklahoma since... What was that, 2016? I also told Oprah her high school sucked. Yeah, you started a race war today. <laughs> it was... <laughs> I don't know about that. It, they have a nice auditorium. Speaking of Woody, though, I I thought it was pretty interesting. Like, and you know, you obviously you see the interception that he had against Texas. You see, even Riley brought it up on Tuesday. Just the fact that he made some pretty good open field tackles. It feels like he could be the next big guy coming out of this secondary, and and a secondary that that needs somebody to do it. 
he's another dog, and they need dogs. I mean, it's amazing what happens when you recruit the best JUCO defensive tackle and the best defensive or the best player in the state of Tennessee. Good things start happening, guys. Am I the only one? Because I, I believe me, you guys know I was a Woody fan. Like I, I'm, I'm, I was into uh, you know him as a player. I thought he could make an impact, but I've seen Jordan Thomas. I feel like I've seen this story, and I'm scared to death because I saw Jordan Thomas play an incredible game against Texas once upon a time, and then the rest of his career was Jordan Thomas. And There's no carry cucks. Yes, I know. About I, again, I want to believe, man. I because I, I I like Woody as a player. I think he can be really good, but man, it scares me. Like I'm like I've been burned by this before. I think we all know there were uh, the mentality of Jordan Thomas is a mm. lot to do with why yeah it didn't work out with him. I think there's some off field issues too to work Definitely. through. Definitely, yeah, and not him. all his. No. It was a weird family There was a lot of weird there. dynamics. Yeah. Yep. I think, I think a lot of times, and this isn't just particular. I mean, particular, his dad disowned him on social this media. This isn't particular to Jordan Thomas, no but secret. it's like, I think people forget that these kids, guys, adults, whatever you want to call them, young men, they have families, they have shit that's going on outside of football. I know the world doesn't like stop down for them if just because if they're playing Division One football. disowned you on social media... That That's going weird. to affect you. It was weird. It was. I, I remember thinking how weird that was. I mean, my dad could barely log on social media, so <laughs> I don't. Even, I don't know. Yeah, thank God that none I of mean, our this parents. This is a very weird area that we're getting into, but I just, yeah, I think Woody Washington right now seems like a guy. He made it through that LSU game without it killing his confidence, and now he's playing as, as high a level as anybody has played. You know, Trey Brown, Trey Norwood both played really well as freshmen. Sure. Trey Brown has been – he had a great last game, but he's been a disappointment this year. Trey Norwood coming back from injury. He's, he played a lot for Delarian Turner Yale. They rotated a lot in that Texas game. I'm sure you'll see that continue. But the biggest thing this defense needs right now, they need Perry and Winfrey to keep stripping the ball. They need – Isaiah Thomas to keep having strip sacks. They need Nick Benito to keep chasing down quarterbacks. They need Woody Washington to pick off passes, you know, in the end zone. They they need playmakers, and they're starting to get more of that than they've had all season. It's almost like, and you know, I, I think Oklahoma fans have been through this, but there's a lot of there's a lot of sentiment that people are afraid to believe that they're going to turn this thing around because it's been year after year of poor defense. But for the first time, it does feel like. They're matching some things up as far as recruiting well on the defensive side of the ball, bringing in guys that you think will be able to contribute to this defense. And now it's just you're scared that you've seen them make a couple plays. Like you're scared you to let, be let down again. Yeah, are you scared to make that jump and actually believe that they can do it? And shit, for the Is same matter, me? there might be a lot of players that are having that mentality as well. And it might not just be the fans as far as like it's kind of like what Alex Grinch said, and it was one of the better lines I thought that he's come up with. Is it's like paraphrasing again, putting a little Eddie spin on it, but it's like we might fuck around and be good all of a sudden. Is basically what he was saying a week ago. He just didn't say fuck. He didn't. He should have. I might tell him that next time I see him. Oh, you probably won't. Never. Yeah. Oh, you probably won't let me see him again until like 2023. It's like Gavin Newsom operates everything in Norman right now. 
It's not Norman. It's everywhere. You can't go down on the field anywhere. Okay. You think you think Texas beat writers haven't face to face? No, they're covering they're covering the uh, the the eyes the, of the eyes of Texas is. Wow. I don't know if you've seen it this no, morning, but the new one. Like that just went down right. in the, within the last hour. Well, no, the I, band I, is now refusing to play it, really? so they're not going to uh, play at home wow. games. Wow, I did not see this. I missed this. I've been talking to a buddy about this, and I I think we've said it for the last couple of years on this podcast, on radio, wherever. Like the biggest problem that Texas has, it might be far from the football field. There's a there is 100%. boosters, alumni, everything that's involved with that university. Nobody. Wants everybody wants to be the big dick in the room and take credit for the turnaround when in reality they're so far off from actually being able to win football games on the field. I mean, in end range, agree more. End range, nothing to add because they. It's kind I of mean, pathetic, the one, really. The one coach that they had was Mac Brown that knew how to work. The he knew system. how to. He knew how to glide handle, and he knew also how to win football games. But it and also it helps that they had generational talent, and that. And Josh, Bob, I mean, you'd be able to tell us better than anybody, but it's it's like Texas is still – like I always had this mentality that Texas is going to get the Texas kids. They're going to get who they get. But now there are so many other options out there, and Texas just doesn't seem like they're that school anymore. I, I don't know. Maybe it's coming through an o, OU vision prism, if you will. I don't know. That was impressive. Do you like that? Yeah. Put that together by myself. I, vision I don't think prism. there's any – I mean, they're Sounds they're like something talent. you do on acid. Texas is always going to have guys. I mean, just always. And it's, I mean, it's not that dissimilar from Oklahoma. I mean, like Oklahoma is always going to have guys, but Texas, especially Texas doesn't have to do anything special to have guys. That's why the, this kind of a legend of Mac Brown as a recruiter always baffled me. Like, I'm not saying he's not a good recruiter, but like, how hard is it to recruit to Texas? I mean, you, you got Tom Herman right now is reeled in what multiple top 10 classes and hasn't done anything on the field save for one season. I mean, they've yeah. been wildly mediocre the rest of his time there. So, I, I, like I said, I just don't think that's as hard as everyone makes it out to be. But, you know, I, I, I still agree. I mean, y- I, you need a guy. And because somebody, somebody asked me about, you know, possible replacements in, in the board chat this week. You know, who if, if Texas couldn't get Urban Meyer, who, you know, all the Texas fans want to believe that's going to be their next coach or whatever if, if Herman is to go. Somebody brought up Mario Cristobal, and while I get it, I, I get the sentiment. I think he's a good coach, I, and, and I've been wrong about him. I thought he would flop at Oregon. He's done a nice job. But the the I don't think Mario Cristobal has any of that glad-handing, all shucks. Like, I don't think he has that in him. Uh, a guy like Graham Harrell, the OC at USC, that makes a lot of sense to me. He's got that Texas background. They're going to relate to him. They're going to like him. They're going to give him more slack just because of that. But at the same time, he's a really good coach, and I think he will bring an offense that can work in the Big 12 because everyone tried to make Tom Herman this offensive savant, and there's nothing in what we've seen so far that says he's anywhere close to that. What do you think about Billy Napier? I think that could be good. Napier feels like a guy that it would be interesting because – the, one of the reasons I like Harold is he's he's never had to run his own show. Sure, like so he could kind of you know like 
I feel like he would grow into the role of needing to have credit, needing to have power, that kind of thing. Napier, I mean, he's run his own program. He, I'm sure he has built that exactly the way he wants to because he's had so much success. It would be interesting for him to have to go to Texas and be like, no, nah, there's other, there's other mouths at the table. How would he handle that? It, it might be something he could absolutely navigate. And he's a guy that makes some sense, but I, I would wonder about that part. We just solved all your problems. Catch, give us a call. <laughs> Still got to develop the players when they get there, too. Oh, no doubt. I, it, it, they just don't do that. It's kind of like the, uh, oh, what's their running backs coach's name? Uh, Drayton? Yeah, Stan Drayton. Drayton. Stan, Stan Drayton. Yeah, it's like yep. that uh, that graphic that he sent out the week before the OU Texas, or it might have even been a month before, you know, when they were making that uh, last pitch to Kamar Wheaton or yeah. whatever. And the running back situation, then you look at the box score from the OU game. And granted, OU's done a good job against the run this year, but you look at that box score and you take out uh, Elinger, obviously, what, he had 130 on the ground or whatever. But I think they had like minus five yards combined between the three running backs. No development there. I mean, B. John Robinson's clearly the best running back sure. they have. No doubt about it. If they waste him, that will just be criminal. I. He's being wasted right now. Do you say that with, like, uh, the Grinch smile? <laughs> uh, guys, I did want to confirm. I have talked to a source uh, since the Logan Fano tweet. He is absolutely not in play for Oklahoma. I can say that with 100% certainty. So that is – people are going to so read that on Twitter. They missed out on another one, Josh, because they don't recruit yep. the position. I don't know why they won't work. Yeah, I mean, Clayton Smith, ugh, got to live having that guy on your roster. Yeah, he's a beast. Yeah, he's a monster. I make I, he may be the only guy I go see twice this year just for fun. Just I was like I, they, I've got a weekend late in the year where I don't really have anything I love, and so I was like I might just go see Clayton Smith again just to watch him just destroy things. I don't think that uh, the Scoop HD offices would be complaining about that if it <laughs> yields the same return as we had last time. We we should share like Eddie, you should have like a voter like approval kind of thing here, like where you get to rate what you see because. Most guys, I send video to Eddie, and he's like, okay, I'll get on that. You know, I'll cut that up. And he, I never hear anything else about it until basically it's done. And then there are certain guys like Clayton's. This, he was like, damn, he's a dude. You know, like it, there are there are definitely guys where you can tell Eddie actually enjoys his job for a moment of cutting up all this damn video. There's been some good – I mean, we've had a pretty good run of seeing kids this year. Yeah. I, I mean, and I don't know if that is just a direct reflection of what OU's doing in the 21 class or mm -hmm. even the 22 class like me and Bob went and saw uh, Jacob Sexton last week. But – uh, you know, it it's been they're they're recruiting at a nice level of talent right now. We'll just say that. Absolutely. Well, let's get into that. Uh, Bob, feel free to take over. I'll start us off here. Uh, but we've been rattling on for a while. We might as well get to some recruiting. Uh, but obviously, the first thing uh, coming up is uh, Talon Shetron and uh, him uh, planning to make an announcement uh, this weekend. I believe that's public, right? I don't have to delete yeah. this, right? Yeah, he uh, tweeted it out. He tweeted it out. Uh, so, Josh, let's start there, and Bob, I'll let you uh, kind of handle the recruiting portion from here on out. Yeah, you know, with uh, with talent, I mean, it, it's something where back in the spring, I've said it over and over again, I, I really thought Oklahoma State was where he was leaning, and then I saw him, uh, and, you know, Bob and Eddie were there with me, and I had a chance to catch up with him uh, during the uh, elite camp in uh, Durant, of all places, and he was – it, he just he had a different uh, manner in the way he was talking about Oklahoma. You could tell that Dennis Simmons had really started to build 
just a connection with him. He felt more comfortable with Oklahoma, felt more comfortable with the staff, and you know had done all that in spite of the world of COVID, where he can't go visit, he can't go see anything. And I, you know, I think um, as time has gone on, he just felt more comfortable not only with the coaches, but like Jordan Mukes and he have developed a relationship. Uh, you know, last night when he tweeted out his commitment uh, announced, or you know that he was going to commit on Saturday. Gentry Williams, you know, had the eyeballs for him. So, like, I, there is more camaraderie starting to be built among some of these guys, especially in the state. And then you throw, you know, with the relationships he has with the staff, with the school, uh, some of the players that are already there. I, I, I really like where Oklahoma is here. I mean, we'll, we'll see, you know, kind of what, what happens. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. But, I mean, uh, I've said it a couple times, guys, is – I mean, Dennis Simmons may have already locked down himself as one of the top 25 recruiters in the country for the class of 2022 in, you know, October of 2020. Like, it's amazing what they're doing at receiver right now. Real quick, I I feel like, and Bob, I'd like to hear what you say on this, too, as far as, like, everybody looks at the wide receivers that Oklahoma's recruiting, obviously Caleb Williams in the 21 class. There's so many reasons, even over the last five years, why people would want to come play at Oklahoma. But... Riley gets a lot of credit, and rightfully so, but I I feel like, and maybe it's just because I feel like this needs to be said every time, but it it almost feels like the Dennis Simmons factor does get looked over a lot as far as he's a major player in kind of this machine that they have down there right now. He gets looked over until you talk to the kids. Sure. And and then it it becomes crystal clear that it, you know, is much as everyone loves to paint the broad stroke of just saying it's Lincoln Riley's offense. Everyone wants to be a part of that. Right. You, you learn that there's so many little details that Dennis Simmons brings to the table that then you add in that it's Riley's offense and it makes it such a slam dunk. And it, and it just seems so obvious that Simmons and Kale Gundy, they know who they're going after. You know, we've talked about it with the defense, with Alex Grinch. And now those guys know, why they're going after a certain kid and so just picking the best athlete and hoping they can make him into uh into something they know what why they they want him to be a sooner and i think that's what happens a lot with simmons and gundy they know exactly where those guys fit and it's just a lot easier sell job when you know okay dude if you come here this is what you're going to do this is what you're going to produce and here's where you can go from here Bob, I give you carte blanche to take over. Sorry, I jumped okay. in and then I ruined well, I ruined well, the rhythm that, of it. Go ahead, Bob. Well, what Eddie did, he said he wanted he was looking for Josh to say something too. What I want to ask Josh though is, you look at the 2022 receiver class in the state of Texas, and we've talked about Armani Winfield, Caleb Burton, Evan Stewart. Is it possible OU gets none of them and nobody cares? It's possible. It's absolutely possible. It's. It's insane. I mean, I, and, and guys, it, it's one of those things where when you can pull off one of these surprises, like we talked about a few weeks ago with Luther Burden to Oklahoma, when you can do that, it changes everything. I mean, because then Oklahoma can, you know, they've already got Jordan Hudson. They've already got uh, Luther Burden. They can go to the guys they're still focusing on, which at that point are, I mean, guys, we're talking about two or three guys, and they are some of the best receivers in the country. Talon Shetron, Caleb Burton. Evan Stewart, like you men mentioned, I mean, Armani Winfield has become an afterthought, and he's a Rivals 100 guy. Like, we're not talking about just some other guy. He's a great player. 
And then, you know, you talk, you look around the country where Oklahoma at receiver can walk in any room they want to and, and have a, you know, they could offer almost any kid in the country and they're going to be in the top five. I mean, just flat out, it's going to happen. So, you know, you look at that and what they're able to do and the fact that they're doing all this and not relying on Texas or, you know, getting Jordan Hudson, obviously a really good player from the DFW area, but not, you know, a lot of the names that everybody said, well, if Oklahoma's going to have a great 2022, they're going to have to land Caleb Burton or they're going to have to land, you know, Evan Stewart or Armani or one of these guys. That it, It's unlikely they're going to land any of those guys. And honestly, the one that I think we're going to have to see what happens, and, and again, this all assumes that Oklahoma lands Shetron, but if you assume that, it's going to be tight on Brennan Thompson. Like there, There's a chance wow. that Oklahoma is going to have to make a choice between like Brennan Thompson and, say, uh, Gavin Sawchuk or someone along those lines. There, there's there's going to be some skill position decisions Oklahoma's going to have to make, and I don't think it's because um, – they wouldn't like to take them in a normal year with these scholarship limits or, you know, the way they've allowed a few extra and they're going to allow guys to really not count this year. People are having to make tough decisions. Arizona state dropped like two or three guys in the last week from their commitment list. Not just like we left their offer, like guys that were committed, they've washed their hands of because they just don't know if they can take them. And you're seeing a lot of that, you know, woke, uh, woke this morning, has a lot on Oklahoma having to make some tough decisions on defense right now with linebacker recruiting and safety recruiting and kind of if they can take any more at not just one position but either. So there's a lot to look at right now, and um, I, I think you're going to see that reflected in 2022. Oklahoma's going to have to make some choices, and you know, really even even if they weren't recruiting as well as they were still going to have to make these decisions about guys that they would love to take. The thing that worries me about all of that is you're still talking 2022 kids that haven't taken visits yet. I don't know if they'll be able to take visits just like the 2021 class, but like the Jace McClellan factor, that worries me. Yep. Like if you have all these kids in Texas that all of a sudden don't get your priority and I mean, I don't think Shetron's a guy you're, you're worrying about, but you're worrying about guys outside the region or whatever, like, that's that's a little scary. Oh, sure. Well, let's be oh, honest. I mean, OSU's not going to stop recruiting Taylor Shetron right. if he commits to OU on Saturday. Right. Uh, you know, and you've got uh, guys, if you think for a second Ohio State and others are not still trying to get in with Luther Burden, don't don't kid yourself. Sure. They are going to be on that dude until he signs. Like that, That's just a fact. Um now, some guys navigate that really well because, I mean, we said stuff like that about Mario Williams, and there's been nothing to indicate Mario Williams is at risk. Now, I think that's helped by the fact that he can't take trips. You can't go on a trip and fall in love. And he wants to I take mean, trips badly. Yes, he absolutely does. I mean, that, that in his case, may be a huge break for Oklahoma. Like, the fact that he committed early, got tight with Caleb, all those things, and now he's not going to go to – Oregon or Florida or Alabama or any of those other places he could have visited or Clemson. And he just, you know, like they can't do anything to really outshine Oklahoma other than phone calls. And I, you know, those are good, but I don't know if that's going to be enough to turn the tide. Do you feel uh, used by Mario Williams? Because you flew all the way out to see him and he used your picture for like a week and then he moved on to some other photographer. He did. You know, and Mario and I've talked about it and, you know, it's. <laughs> We think it's best if we just both go our own ways right now. You know, we're not, 
You know, it's it's we're not saying later. Like two ships it, it, passing in the night. Yeah, like I mean, you know, this is um, it, it could come back together later in the year, but just for right now, we think it's not the right time. And then, uh, Josh, who are you looking to try to see this this weekend, and how impressed were you with what you saw from Devin last uh, last weekend? Uh, this weekend should actually be pretty fun. Uh, Thursday night, I'm going to go see Billy Bowman and Denton Ryan play against Frisco Wakeland. Like, so I'm going to see Billy Bowman, Jatavion Sanders, and the 2023 class Oklahoma has offered uh, Anthony Hill, the linebacker that I know Brian Odom really likes. Uh, Austin Jordan at defensive back is another guy that Oklahoma has offered in the class of 2022. So Denton Ryan has a bunch of dudes. And obviously Bear. I'm going to forget, yeah, I was almost Bear, forgot right? Bear Alexander in 2022, yeah. a possible five-star that a lot of people kind of think Oklahoma may have snuck into the lead for right now. Um so I mean, you're talking about five guys on that on that defense alone that Oklahoma has offered. So it, it's going to be really interesting to watch. And like I said, with all the the rumors and talk about Billy Bowman, and you know, he and I have started to talk a little bit, starting to build a little little rapport with him. Um, I, I I can't wait to see him. I, I'm really anxious because the last time I saw him was as a sophomore. And, you know, he was a skinny sophomore kid that could run. You know, now you get to see him kind of a little farther along, see where he really is. And then on Friday, I'm going to make the trip out to Victoria, Texas, to watch a guy from Houston. So I'm making a a two-and-a-half-hour drive to see a guy I could see in about 30 minutes because that's just the way the schedule worked out best for me. This is what I'm doing for you people. I'm driving deep through the night. That, <laughs> well, you know, he does. These are the members that Harden. don't understand. Yeah. yeah, I mean, guys, I don't live there for free. I mean, literally, that's expensive living next to the Harden family. So, um, but no, going to go see Remington Strickland, the new offensive line Ooh. offer um, that I have been told, you know, and I mentioned this in Scoop and a couple other places. Guys, he is not a connected thing to Tristan Lee or anybody else. This is a guy OU wants, just flat out wants him in the class. Uh, they, I think if. Bird, Lee, and Foster all jumped in. I think Strickland would still have a spot. That that that's my general impression. So um, I I think that is where they see him. It's my first chance to ever see him in person. So I'm really you know kind of interested in that. And you know to finish up what Bob had asked about, Devin Campbell had a chance to see him. Uh, 2022 Rivals 100 offensive lineman got a chance to be a five star kid. He is off the charts talented. I mean there and you know guys we've talked before about. Oklahoma offensive linemen that look big, you know, they're just big guys. He's got some Cody Ford in him. Like just that's just a big dude. Like just a big kind of massive big shoulders, big legs, big everything. But man, you watch him move around. He's running with the running backs going down the field trying to pick up blocks and stuff. I mean, he is just unusually talented. And he's raw. I mean, there there is I I and I I've got to finish up the story on him. But, I mean, there are things where you're like, I don't know how you're as good as you are doing some of the things you do, but that just tells you how gifted he is. I mean, like, he stands up too much. His hands aren't usually in the right place. He, he grabs a little too much. Some of these things, but he's so good and so athletic, it doesn't really matter. I mean, at the level he's playing. Now, obviously, when he gets to, uh, to college, you have to clean up a lot of that stuff. But it is he is a special talent that I think absolutely has a chance to be a five star and maybe the number one guard in the country next year. Is the Remington Strickland interest in you know if they were to take all four of those guys, does that I don't know is it reading too much into it to think that they expect some guys to leave like 
portal guys, or is it just you're trying to get back to a uh, steady number at the offensive line position? That offer coming down the week after OU Texas and the week after the rumors of Stacey Wilkins opting mm-hmm. out and all that. EJ boy, and Doma Ogar for me. Yep, that's that's I'm that is where I think that number would come from. Okay. I, I think that's. I don't think you're crazy. I think that's a that's a dot to connect because, like I said, I, I can tell you flat out. I have talked to people that are confident. There is no connection. It, this is not a backup thing. This is he is a take. And I think also it's going to be interesting. Like, are coaches going to be over recruiting until they find out what happens with the one time transfer rule for rule and what that does to scholarship numbers? Yeah, that. This is, you know, guys, we've talked about it a lot on the pod, but I, it felt like almost around college football, I mentioned Arizona State, this has been the week when I've heard more coaches talking about it. Like, now we're having to make some choices here. We're having to figure out some things that we hadn't really thought about. And this rule, you know, is, and I, I'm, you know, I'm sure you guys, and I, in fact, I'm not just sure, I know you guys talked to Lincoln Riley a little bit about it, but it opens up a really interesting window that is both good and bad. I mean, there's, there are, you know, as Riley said, unintended consequences that um, you wonder how much players are going to be spending their time thinking about. Well, this is, you wonder if it starts to come like basketball where Lon Kruger will intentionally leave a scholarship or two open for a grad, a, a grad transfer just because that's how the world works now. It, you, that, you don't want to be full because you don't know when someone's going to open up and yeah. you've got a great chance of, get them i won't say i know this to be true but based on a couple of conversations i had i i almost got an impression that maybe riley had spoken with kruger or something like there there was and i again i want to be real clear i'm not saying this happened but just the way i'm being told it's going to be navigated because that's exactly what i'm hearing oklahoma would like to do is come out of signing day with two or three spots open and see what's out there on the market hmm. all right uh anything else recruiting you wanted to jump on bob before we get out i hope to see kamar wheaton but i wonder if he's just going to be that one guy i never ever get to see no matter how many <laughs> times i try just go to his house you don't even have to watch him play football take a football <laughs> with you and just have him do some cone drills i'm sorry i'm sure there's somebody in this market that would do that for somebody Take their kid. Since I'll be in the area once again, going TCU Saturday, I'd love to try to catch a game Friday night, but it's just becoming just irritating, the bane of my existence. Good game for on Thursday, but not Friday. Friday ones, you're not sure if they're going to happen. But that's that's the goal, to try to see. That, that's Bob bringing you this positive bit of news for the week. <laughs> Hey, let me ask you, Bob, real quick on the uh, basketball side of things. What's the latest with uh, Damian Collins? It sounds as about as good as it's ever sounded. I don't wow. want people to think it's a lock for OU, but it seems like Kentucky is definitely looking at a lot of other kids. Even if they're not at Collins' position, it sounds like their focus is going more toward wanting to lock those kids up for the early signing period than it is for Damien. Now, they still haven't done, like, those final Zoom calls. You know, I think we're maybe a week or two away from that going down. But after every Zoom, you just, OU sources just feel incredibly confident that they continue to do 
all the right things, that they're pushing enough with not being too pushy, you know, with having Bijan and CJ Nolan try to convince them too. But that they feel that, you know, when you look at the roster numbers, the, the front court numbers of what OU will have when Damian shows up compared to what Kentucky or Texas and how loaded those uh, those bigs are, are going to look like. You know, you may think that and you, you're basically saying you don't have a lot of depth. Shouldn't you be worried about that? But now it's your one of your selling points, and it's just something that you tell Damon, hey, you come in here, you can be the guy right from the jump, no questions asked, and you can falter, you can fail, and we're going to stick with you. You know, you do something at Kentucky, and you don't do very well the first month of the season, you might get over-recruited, you might get benched. You're going to have time to work out the kinks and become the player that you really want to be as long as you're in Norman. Yeah, Ashley Judd might cut your throat if you miss a layup in Lexington. At least 50 people will see it at Lloyd Noble Center. <laughs> Socially distanced crowd, Eddie. That's the, that's been the that's the excuse for the last few years. Yeah, they've been that's, doing that. They've been doing that for 15 retro. years down at LNC. Retroactive now. Just like Mike Stoops and his defensive backs. Mike Stoops hasn't lost a game this year, in fact. He got. He became a better analyst last week, didn't he? I think everybody did. Butch Jones. Do you think Mike Stoops gets to put in an order for Bitch uh, Butch Jones to pick Bitch him Jones? to pick it up? Because you know, <laughs> Saban basically said that Butch Jones is a uh, basically his personal assistant. Do you think Mike gets to put it in an order to Starbucks, or does he have to do it on his own? Something to think about like, for the rest Butch of the week. Does Butch go and get his coffee for him? Yeah. To be fair, that's pretty much what Butch was doing at Tennessee. Oh, that's that's true. Pretty much just being Saban's ball boy. That's true. And yelling at Eric Stryker. That did happen. <laughs> fact. <laughs> that did happen. Uh of guys, life. Uh little Crimson Corner, uh, you know, clean up on Isle Crimson Corner. Has there been a lot of uh Pete Golding? Um apologies, you know, hey, maybe we had this wrong. maybe Golding wasn't the fix to all of our problems. I haven't seen I've it. Not seen since that. The, not since I've, halftime of the Georgia game. Yeah, I, I haven't seen that. I, I just, just you know, wondering. And that that's not a diss at everybody because I thought Golding was going to be really good, but uh, that was that was going to be the dude. Look, I mean, anybody wanted anyone just different. Yes, it didn't matter. Yeah. I don't want to. I, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm not going to keep score on that deal. There, there were a lot of choices, and any of them would have been better than Mike Stoops for the fan base. So, there he goes again, sticking up for were, Mike. People, Wait, Carrie's gonna, Carrie's gonna edit in. How is that sticking program. up for Mike? I'm basically saying anything would have been better for the fans. Did you guys Listen, hear that? There, there's am, gonna be some Sarah McLaughlin played in the post uh, production of this. It's gonna play right after that little comment. It's not true. You He's <laughs> grabbing for. You. He's already All grabbing right. for the Hard Rock tequila, which I brought over. Hey, we we support the Stoops family on this on this podcast. We don't take shots at them like some other people in the bidness. <laughs> uh, Josh, I will let you go so you can finish buying Daryl Morey's house so you can raise both your homes and build your super mansion. It's going to be beautiful. 
the uh, the McLeans, you know, they they live down on the kind of ghetto side of the street. We don't talk to them much. How many trash cans they have outside? <laughs> Only four. They're a bunch of pores. They beat them all the same. Um, all right. I don't think that we're missing anything major here. It's been a good podcast, boys. Yeah, I'm I think glad to have some football back this weekend. Should other be than it. that shit that we had to watch last weekend. Uh, I'm definitely interested in seeing what the Big 12 uh, produces this week. It should be kind of interesting. Because I think we'll... Like, Kansas State has kind of eliminated themselves in a really messed up way. Like, I don't think that... I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what Will Howard has. Here's the thing is... You he look good to, in Fort Worth. You kind of have to root for OSU this weekend. What is the best possible outcome? Like, I almost think just Iowa State running the table and hoping OSU loses a couple games would be the best way for an OU fan. I, I, I truly possible. don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Like, because yeah. Iowa State... But you need Iowa State to have, you know, two to three losses. You want Iowa State to win out. Kansas State to lose three games and then OSU to lose two games and one of those games being and this weekend. And as long as you beat Iowa State and OSU, you're fine. Well, they can't beat Iowa State. Well, they unless they ask for a rematch. Yeah, well, Collins. OSU, you're fine. Okay, as long as they have two losses. Yes, but if they beat Iowa State, that might put you in a three way, which sometimes is good, but not in this case. Yeah, I just don't see them. I don't know. Be kind of. Uh, I don't know. Maybe just flip a coin and then hope for something. It's is it too? It's too early to start thinking about how tiebreakers are going to work out, isn't it? Uh, it's never too early, but yes, for me it is. For me, it definitely is. Anyway, all right. Uh, I appreciate the uh, the contributions, gentlemen. Bob, appreciate you getting out of the child labor camp uh, to come join us once again. Uh, thank Any you. cool Sports Illustrated gear while you were there? What? I think they I thought they were handing out like those supplements and I stuff. I think the thing with Sports Illustrated is that you say you work there when you actually don't. That's how that works oh, now. Wow, it's getting, um, it's getting ferocious. Anyway, uh, thank you for uh, listening. Thanks to uh, Dead Soxy, our uh, sponsor for the pod. Uh, go check them out. Remember to use that code Boomer at the uh, checkout for thirty percent off your order. Uh, great socks. Uh, everybody, go and uh, check those out deadsoxy.com d-e-a-d-s-o-x-y.com and thanks to Josh thanks to Eddie thanks to Bob and we'll see you guys back here after TCU actually Eddie and I will be here for the pod and we'll see if Bob uh, can join us for a little bit uh, for the post game so check out your uh, any podcast provider for the uh, Sooner Scoop post game podcast from Eskridge Lexus we'll be back for that and we'll be back again next week for the Unofficial 40 podcast right here on Soonerscoop.com